up? Romeo Falcon, the Geeks and Wrestling Podcast. Doing it big. It's been a minute. Sorry to all you fans out there of the Geeks and Wrestling Podcast. All seven of you, thank you so much for sticking with us. We really, really appreciate it. I have been super busy. I've been absolutely slammed with work. Bottom line is it's been work. Monkey boy, I barely even see you in the office anymore because I'm so slammed with work. And when I am at work, I'm on meetings and I'm doing things. And you're a busy, busy monkey as well. Yeah, yeah. And you're like flying all over the country and doing stuff around <laughs> around the country too. That's exactly how I've been busy, man. <laughs> I've been all over the place. Um, in the course of two months, I've been to Dallas. I flew to Dallas. I flew to Colorado. And I flew to Atlanta. And by the time you hear this, I will either still be in Atlanta or on my way back to Austin from Atlanta and maybe on a jet plane again flying back to Denver for uh, my best friend's wedding. So Wasn't that a movie? Actually, I think it was. My best friend's wedding. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. it's it, This this in particular wedding won't be as good as a movie. I will say that much. Um, because I, I really feel like he doesn't listen to this podcast and I really don't care if he does. He's getting married and... You being married and, you know, me being a married man and, you know, I just, I don't, you ever just look at something and you see somebody drawing something? Okay, for instance, how <laughs> to explain this. Where are you going with I this? know. You ever just see, like, a drawing and you know it's supposed to be good, but then when the finished product of that drawing, I'm just talking about comic book art of some kind with you. That way we can kind of see the same picture. And, and you know this this artist is going to draw something fantastic, and then when he draws it, and then he shows it to you, you go, wow, it's it's really not what I was expecting at all. It's not as good as what I think you could have done. I see what you're saying there. <laughs> Don't get, and like, I really, and this isn't really a shoot on his fiance, future wife. I just don't understand their dynamic, because they fit well together, as in puzzle pieces fitting well together. I just don't understand. Uh, flip, flip it. Point blank. Here it is. <laughs> this is what I'm getting down to. She's very controlling over him. And I don't get it. Like, you remember be having your friends in a relationship and you watch them being in a relationship and you're like, wow, you suck when you're in that relationship. And then they break up. You're like, oh, cool. I got my best friend back. That's, yeah. That's kind of what's happening here, only he's marrying. Yeah, but I mean, you can't really say anything. No, of course not. Because, you know, then they're like, oh, well, you just don't like. And I like her. her. But that's the thing. I do like her. I really do. I just don't like the way she treats certain situations. Because, for instance, I invited him to do a bachelor party here in Austin. Just me and him. I was going to take him out for a weekend. He has to. All he had to do is pay for the flight. And he can come out here. And it was basically, hey, room and board, food, booze, all on me. Everything's on me, bro. And she threw a fit about it. Like, no, you can't go. Oh, well, then let's just do that next weekend. You see what I'm saying? I don't, I don't even have to fly. I'll pay for part of my stuff, though. <laughs> but it just, it's stuff like that that's just like immediate, like, no, you can't go. And I don't understand me as the friend because I'm probably like the safest friend he has. Married. I got a kid. You know, kids. And it was just, he was staying with me in my home. Like, it was, it's just very weird. But anyway. I wish him all the best, and I really want him to succeed, and I want him to have a very happy marriage, just much like you and myself. I want him to have that. Yeah, our marriage is really good. Our marriage is very good. That sounded really 
Yeah. That sounded that way, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> You're married to a lovely woman. I'm married to a lovely woman, not each not other. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Seinfeld. <laughs> so anyway, this is uh, uh, playing a lot of catch up due to uh, my busy schedule with work. Um, you and I both were somewhat affected by Hurricane Harvey um, in the sense of your family was in an area that was flooded. Yes. Your, your parents. Yes, they um, their house actually didn't get flooded, but they live like near a lake, which it flooded over you know over the over the banks of the lake and all the fancy houses around the lake got mm -hmm, flooded. Mm -hmm. um, the street coming into where they live is actually on a hill, and you couldn't see it up until it got to the top of the hill. The devastation from Harvey was was unbelievable. I mean, you and know, now you're gonna get get to see some from Irma. Uh, yeah, I am gonna see a little bit from Irma, and that's what I'm getting to is like you know. These two category four hurricanes, which it's never happened in American history to where two category. I thought, I thought Irma was a five when it made landfall. It might have, but nevertheless, those yeah. levels of hurricanes have never touched landfall in the same year ever. So this is the first time in, in American history that something like this has happened and on this on that magnitude and that type of devastation. Uh, and it's terrible. Yeah. And then Absolutely. Jose's out there. And then, you know, there's a Jose out there, which... I don't know, man. I, I mean, I don't want to say global warming is the cause, but come on. I think in a way we're just kind of screwing up the ecosystem. Either that or Cobra Commander finally got his weather uh, thing to where he can make to, to control the weather. Ah, the weather device that he was trying to wear. Oh, yeah, you're right. Cobra Commander might have done it. Yeah. I think he might be onto something here, monkey boy. Yeah, I might um, be onto a bunch of crap, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, your family was affected with where they live. Um, my in-laws ended up coming and staying with me. They had to evacuate. So that was that, um, you know, so in the midst of that whole week of Harvey, I was working from either working from home or just kind of busy, you know, with, you know, taking care of all that, all the work. Cause a lot of the offices that I work with were closed. So work kind of just backed up, but nevertheless, we got through it. Um, I want to just say, uh, still, this to right now, my heart and prayer is with all the victims of Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Irma. God bless you. God bless America. And I really wish you all the best. Um, let's just get through all the sad stuff right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Lynn Wynn passed away. Yep. The originator and creator of Wolverine and Monkey Boy. And didn't he create some of the X Men? Well, he drew some of them, but he oh. was the creator of Wolverine and Swamp Thing. Oh, Swamp Thing. Yes. I didn't read a whole lot of Swamp Thing. I know. Not a lot of people did, but but it was just funny how Marvel had Swamp Thing, and yeah. then DC was like, hey, we're going to make Man Thing. No, you have it backwards. Oh, I did have it backwards. Yeah, yeah. DC had Swamp Thing, yeah. and then Marvel, Marvel did Man Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which Man Thing, to me, looked very weird, because he had like this weird, long trunk-looking thing. Trunk thing that just... Looked very inappropriate. Yeah, and then like you know, it was around that time to where they did the uh, the giant size comics. Yes, and so you had like giant size man thing, uh, <laughs> which already sounds just wrong. So um, I was, you and I both had the pleasure of meeting Lin Wen. I did not actually. I thought you did. No, I'm, I didn't I'm mistaken. To. Okay, I didn't I'm get mistaken. Um, I I had the. I uh, didn't go to as many nearly as many conventions as you have. You're wrong. I have not been to nearly as many conventions as you think I have. I know that much. Okay. I can count how many cons I've been to <coughs> on 
two hands and I'm showing you how I'm doing it. It's six. (laughs) So I think you probably have me beat just for the mere fact that you're a tad bit older than me. Yeah. Although there's a couple of them that really don't count. Like, the ones that the comic book store that I worked at, like, sponsored or set up. Ah, yes. They did, like, the first two, and they didn't really have anybody that big at them, um, partially because it was in Beaumont. um, But, and I had to work. I had to work the table. Ah, so you didn't get to experience. And and at that point, was cosplay, like, a big thing? Not not in Beaumont. Not in Beaumont? Okay, all right. Because, man, I, I... we can get on to cosplay on a completely different level because cosplay has turned into something of sometimes I feel like I'm at a peep show. <laughs> if you know what I mean? Like there are just very, there are ladies just dressed to death in the best of ways or undressed I guess. or undressed. There you go. Um, but I mean, you know, if you look at the, where they're getting the, the ideas from, from yeah. you know, the comics and video games and, Thank you, Jim Lee. Stuff like that. Thank you, Jim Lee, for drawing Rogue you know, <laughs> in the best way possible for me. As a, that, that's as where a they teenager. get the idea. You know, and that, that's what they, they're trying to look as much like those characters as they can. You're absolutely right. Skin tight, everything's skin tight. So. Or showing skin. Emma Frost, man. Emma Frost. I just never understood her, her costume. She, Anyway. <laughs> I think it's like video games. Um the, on the female characters, the less armor they have, the better it, it protects them. Ah, yes. I think you're absolutely right. Because cause the, the, their adversaries or foes are typically males and distracted. Yeah. I see where you're going with this. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I got to say um, rest in peace to Lin Wen. Uh, thank you so much for all of your art, all of your inspiration and creations. Without you, there would be no Wolverine. And without Wolverine, there would have you know, he's probably one of the most influential X-Men of all time, possibly. Possibly. I mean, I know people argue that with me, but, I mean, come on. Hugh Jackman played the best Wolverine, and without Lin Wynn, we'd have no live-action Wolverine. I mean, you can you can go on and on. So, if there wasn't a Wolverine, does that mean that Warpath would have taken the place? I think, I think Sabretooth would have been the one that would have taken... Well, I thought Sabretooth was kind of like brought up as a rival for Wolverine. But well, I'm talking like an X-Men 94. Oh, an X-Men 94. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had, they had Warpath and Wolverine, and they were very, very similar. Yes. And that's why, well, in Giant Size, they, you know, they had him in there. Giant Size X-Men number one. They had him in that. And then they had him in 94 where Warpath gets killed. Yes. And I think it was kind of like either or, you know, that we can only keep one of these characters because they're kind of the same. Yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. I guess maybe in the... Alternate universe. Alternate universe. Wolverine would have died, and yeah. we would have had a Warpath world. So, um, yeah, good, good call. Yeah, the more the, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, these are the thoughts that keep me out of the good schools. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of. Man, I've been like I said, I've been busy doing all kinds of crazy uh, things with work. I never knew, man, when I signed on for this job and I met you a year and some change ago. That I'd be doing this kind of traveling, man. I never knew. I thought I was really just going to sit at this cubicle in Austin and just kind of support our site. And now it's like snowballed into just so much more. Yeah, I mean, I kind of thought I was going to be doing the same thing. And I've I've traveled at least twice. Not nearly as much as you have. But 
went to Reston, and then the other one was to Costa Rica. To co- yeah, you and I'm on the list to do the Costa Rica thing myself. So, yeah. and then and then they just dropped Boston on me. So it looks like I might be in Boston in October and November, a city I've always wanted to see, mind you. But I just I didn't expect it to happen because. What I, what's happening with Atlanta is I'm filling in for somebody that just he, he's no longer with the company and now yeah. I'm just I'm surprised they haven't sent one of our guys to Reston. Yeah, there. yep, you're right. They they don't have anybody. There. One of our guys on is, my team is, is the doing, IT yeah. guy. Yeah, it's yeah. it's wild out there. Uh, so, I'm kind of glad though. I mean, you don't want to go back to Reston, do you? I I wasn't a big fan of Reston, but I mean, if if I, I need to go, I'll go. True, true that, um, true that. I, I just think it was too close to Washington and that kind of freaked me out a little bit why was that a freak out for you oh i i don't like politicians okay <laughs> so i mean that's that's just the only thing and and i mean there's so much uh yeah there's so much uh you know going on at the time you know because it was like right after the administrations had changed when we were there yes yes you're absolutely right um a, a very weird time to be i'm so low in right now by the way like, what what is going on here it's weird my chair just went like really low i thought i lifted it up that's why it's the uh, guest chair ah is it, is it gonna just continuously keep going on it might do it oh might okay because i keep it, i know it does it on me but you're quite a bit lighter so it might not do that i'm sitting at 208 man there was something else i was thinking about that I was gonna say, but <laughs> family friendly. Was it gonna go there? Oh no, I just it was. There was something else I was thinking about, but I can't remember it. Okay, well, because we got we we're like just on tangents like crazy. We really are. Uh, it's because this episode is gonna be so just on tangents, so off cue. Just hey, whatever goes. Because again, um, I've been desperately trying to um put down a time and schedule for you and I to do the episode. But you know, again, I've been traveling, you were sick. Yeah. It's, I think we're just going to have to end up doing it in the office. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure our bosses will like that. I mean, if it's on lunch break, they wouldn't mind. But then again, we do like to eat. So, yeah. Uh, I'm really, really happy about the score that I'm watching right now. By the time you hear this, the Broncos would have, will have beaten the Cowboys. So I'm really happy about that. I have a couple friends, especially one of my best friend, Chris. I'm not going to say his last name, but Chris is not going to talk to me for a couple weeks because he's going to be that upset at the Cowboys losing to the Denver Broncos. So deal with it, bro. <laughs> I did finally get to see Wonder Woman. Did you see Wonder Woman? Yes. Okay, awesome. Have um, you seen it? I'm actually going to buy a copy on Tuesday. I, I buy copies. I buy them for weird reasons, I know, but... I'm okay. gonna buy. Well, I. I mean, I guess you're like being a, a completist or something. Well, here, here's the thing. Um, having a little one and uh, the the ease of taking the DVD and putting it in a portable DVD player for her if she ever wanted to watch it on the road. I I think about those scenarios. Okay. Um, to where again, digital copy, you need Wi-Fi. Yeah. For the most part. Well, I mean, there's some places where you can download it. Yeah, and you can, but then again, you have to keep it on a space, and yeah. you know, it it eats up a lot of space. Yeah. So I'm still one of the few people out there that go out and buy the Blu-ray, DVD, digital combos. Um, well, and I, right now, I usually do for for movies that I really like. You know, it's like we were like, is that is that one worth buying? And, okay, then is Wonder Woman worth buying? I didn't think so. Really? I mean, it was like, maybe it was overhyped okay. for me because, you know, everybody's like, oh my God, it's like the best DC movie, movie ever, which 
isn't really saying much. I mean, the it, Dark Knight trilogy was great. Yeah, it wasn't better than that. I mean, there's you know, it wasn't better than the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Okay, and and I really liked um, the newest Superman movie, not Batman versus Superman, but I really liked that movie. I didn't see that one. You haven't seen Superman, the uh, Man of Steel. Man of Steel. No. Okay. I'm um, not a Superman fan. Okay, but nevertheless, you got to see how this guy holds up compared to Thomas Tom Raw. The dude that did the the Superman Returns. Oh, I didn't watch Superman Returns either. Oh well, I mean, it's got about 16, 17 minutes of good content in it. Otherwise, it's not very good. Wonder Woman wasn't bad. Was it civil? Was it Captain America? Kind of, yeah. I, I mean, everything that I saw in the trailer, I'm like, this is Captain America. Uh, you know, the fir- the first Avenger that movie. I, yeah. I looked at it, and I'm like, it's this Captain is the same America thing. with a, a female Captain America set in World War One instead of World War Two. Oh. You know, um, there's some comedy. Um, I thought it went on a little too long, and as weird as it's gonna sound, all the fight scenes were way over the top. They mm. were like super comic book type fight scenes. Okay. And my wife didn't like that there was a whole lot of like slow motion stuff. Towards like, like they show that that she can see bullets coming, and so that's how she knows how how to block them. You know? Oh, that's a... So, okay, you're giving some stuff away that it... Okay, cool. Well, I mean, that's... You'll see it, like, within the first 15 minutes or so. Okay. If, if I remember right. But, okay. Um, and she... It was just, like, they do that, like, way too much. Mm, okay. I mean, it's a cool effect. It was a cool effect in 1999 when they did it in The Matrix. Matrix, yep. So, it's, you know, it's not something new. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but... It it looked it was a good movie, it was a good looking movie. Um, I like the music, but the story was kind of, eh, eh, yeah. It was there. There are a whole lot of similarities to the first Avenger, I, and I saw that in the trailer. As soon as I saw the trailer, I'm like, okay, am I watching? Am I watching Captain America, a female version of Captain America? Because that's what it looked like to me. But again, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, when you watch it, and let me know what you think. I will. I'm gonna watch it. Um. I can't say this week. I might. I don't know. Who knows? I might just go out and buy it while I'm out there and watch it yeah. Tuesday night. I, I don't know. And then Because I could be getting another tattoo. I've been on this tattoo kick. Every time I go on a trip, I just get another tattoo. I have a, I'm accumulating tattoos like crazy. And it's probably not in the budget, but I'm making it be in the budget. Because I'm just, I don't know. Last time I was in Atlanta, tattooed. The guy was really cool. And now I'm looking to get another tattoo from that same guy. There you go. It's really cool. Look at it. It's a lucha mask. See? Yeah, it looks like a undead lucha mask. Yes, yes. So see the, it's a lucha mask and it's a skull. And as you can see, the skull is nice and beat up and broken, and the the mask is all ripped up. This is a tattoo to symbolize my wrestling career. You're a zombie wrestler. No. <laughs> Just notice how battered he is <laughs> over time. Like that lucha mask was really nice at one point, and then as he kept wrestling, it got more and more ripped. And the skull and the teeth is all broken. And that's. I'm a broken, battered wrestler, man. <laughs> okay. That's how I look at it. All right. So, anyway, uh, funny story about that tattoo, though, is I, I bumped into a wrestler by the name of Luke Gallows, who is a current WWE superstar. And I bumped into him at the Atlanta airport, just random, walking right by him, like, hey, what's up, buddy? And we started chatting. Uh, and then he recommended his tattoo shop in Atlanta and lo and behold, I went in and, um, 
Got a tattoo. Yep, painted gypsy tattoos. If you're ever interested in getting a tattoo in Atlanta, painted gypsy tattoos is owned by Luke Gallows of the WWE. Great, great shop. I thought it was a great shop. And uh, as for Andrew, Andrew did my uh, my art, my tattoo and tell him Romeo sent you, and you heard it on the podcast. So you won't get any discount or anything. But actually, you will. Uh, they have a good brother discount. So go in and say you were referred by Romeo Falcon, who was referred by Luke Gallows, who's in the WWE, and ask for the good brother discount. Bam. Well, there you go. There you go. Get a good brother discount. So um, yeah, Wonder Woman, man. You didn't really think it was that. I I thought it was an okay movie. I I actually thought it was a little bit better than Batman versus Superman. But I mean that's saying a lot because that yeah. movie yeah they, they pushed that one way too fast. In my yeah. opinion. Batman versus Superman had way too much stuff in it. Too much, too fast. Yeah. Um, it's it's Wonder Woman seems almost kind of the opposite. It's like they've got like they've got Wonder Woman and then like that's it you know and so it's like. I was expecting a little more. Was there anything to lead into the Justice League? If I remember right, there was. I didn't like. I don't remember watching like for an after credits thing. Um, but I think there was because they had like. I think uh, Batman like sends her, that the old because remember in the in. Batman versus Superman, and he's like, "Where did this? You know, I, I found this picture of you," and he's like, mm-hmm. "I found yeah. the original." And he sent he sends her the original. Oh, uh, okay. So I think it's. I think at the end they're kind of the little tie-in. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, I gotta watch it. Uh, we gotta review it. Um. Give a little bit more of an in-depth review. There's a lot of things we have to do for the show. We've got to watch. I've got to catch up. Can I watch Wonder Woman? Um. I've got to get a Thor Ragnarok poster because I'm looking at yours and it's fantastic. Um. The the uh, Generation Gone number two came out last month. Yep. We're behind an issue on that. Yep. Um, we got to read that because now I'm completely intrigued and invested. <laughs> thanks a lot. All right, monkey boy. Thanks a lot. But I'm really... Wait, yeah. Are you being sarcastic? No, I'm dead serious. Like, thanks <laughs> okay. a lot. It's like a really good issue. I, I just, just like pick stuff kind of random. Like it that. was a good book. It was yeah. a weird It was a weird read that had a lot going on without like feeling like you read something. I don't know how to explain it. Like, It was really good. Because it was the first issue, and the way it it was laid out, it wasn't it wasn't over the top superhero crap. You know, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, he can fly. Like you know, it was really it was a good build up, and to yeah. the point where it ended, and I'm like, wait, what? I want more. <laughs> so I'm really intrigued to see what happens next and how these kids are going to get powers. Yeah, I mean, years ago when I worked at the comic book store, I got tired of superhero stuff. Sure. So I would. I would. I, that's when I started reading Sandman, um, and Sandman like I read some Hellblazer, you know, and then went to like Shade the Changing Man, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you've ever read any of. I have not. The Shade the Changing Man from like the early '90s. It's out there. <laughs> it's, it's really, really out there. I mean, I enjoyed it, but some of the stories are like, where did they come up with this? I think one read that I picked up. Uh, this was years ago. Like four years ago. Um, I'm a big Terminator fan. Love Terminator. Everything Terminator, even the worst Terminator stuff, I still can tell you why it's good. And and that's where I stand. And it's because I have such a, a, a deep passion and love for Terminator. Anyway, um, they did a tie-in to the Terminator Salvation movie, which I still think is a very good movie. 
I haven't. That's the one I haven't seen. I like it. I've actually seen Genesis, but I haven't seen. Salvation. You should really watch Salvation, uh, uh, for the mere fact that it's, it's all based in the future, and and that's really what all I've ever wanted to see was. Yeah. Okay. I I get it. They travel back and forth and back in time, blah blah blah. But what the hell did the future really look like? And this one really got into it of of how it looks, and and I liked it. Uh, anyway. There's a tie-in to Terminator Salvation, and it's a comic. It's a 12-book comic series, um, and it's Terminator Salvation. Oh, gosh. If you pull it up, you, you might be able to – I'll tell you what it is. Anyway, what I like about it is they tie in um, the movie, and they tie in all the old movies, and then it's also based in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Um, the final battle. The final battle. That's it right there. Final battle. So Dark Horse still has the uh, the rights to Terminator. Yes, yes. And this whole... Well, that kind of explains it. Well, it's written by J. Michael Straczynski. And you know this person? Did you ever watch Babylon 5? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen. Oh, yeah. okay. He's the one who did Babylon 5. Um, he did Thor a couple years ago when they like restarted Thor. They rebooted Thor again. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I thought I like that. I thought that was pretty good. Well, this, this Terminator Salvation, the final battle, was a lot of fun to read. And... I, I'm not going to give you a spoiler if you're going to read it, unless you really want to read it. I'll probably look it up. Yeah, if you want to read it, read it. And, so I won't tell you the end, but after you read it, it's a fun twist because right when they end it, you're like, ah, and it's a big Texas thing. So if you're a Texan, you'll really like this series too because there's so many references of like driving on Highway 59, uh, you know, Galveston Bay or Galveston Beach, like just stuff like that to where if you're a true Texan, you're like, whoa this is cool this is fun <laughs> so i i really got a kick out of that it was based in texas so uh that was a lot of fun and uh but do watch terminator salvation and then read the book it'll just make more sense okay. so keep that in mind um oh man we're like just strolling along here uh we got to get into my guest man um and then after we do the guest we'll we'll, we'll chime back in and i want to tell you how much fun i'm having with pro wrestling so uh, let's get into my guest. Uh, I've had this, this uh, in particular guest. I, we recorded this at the DZW show a couple months ago. He's a friend of mine. His name's Sebastian Envy, and I am a big fan of this guy's work. This guy, and we'll explain this in the interview. Sebastian Envy is only about I would want to say about five foot six. He's he's short. He's a short guy, and I don't know what it is about short men and wrestlers they have this complex of like okay i'm short i gotta be a badass and i gotta be strong and i gotta just fight um so every time i've ever wrestled this guy and i walk into a, a um a show and the card is there and it goes romeo falcon versus sebastian envy i go oh man this is gonna be an easy night in the office because i like the way this guy works but it's gonna be a really tough night in the office because I do not like the way this guy works. And what I mean by that is he's so knowledgeable about wrestling. And I can walk in and I, we can totally work a match. But I know every punch, every forearm, every kick, every slam, he's putting everything behind it. I mean, just every punch is solid. Every forearm is, is connecting. There is nothing about this man that is like, wrestling's fake. <laughs> I mean, because he, the best part about wrestling him, and I, I, and I, I don't know if I said this in an interview, but every, and I, I think I did actually, the best part about wrestling this guy is 
after every move we do towards each other, we we hear the audience go, (gasps) 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 I mean, and it's, when you find a guy like that and you're wrestling that guy, the best part about it is, is after the match. You're like, ow, my jaw hurts. Oh, dude. Dude, did you hear the crowd? They loved it. <laughs> and that's the best part about pro wrestling. It's the weirdest part. But we'll get into that afterwards. Um, but, yeah, uh, Sebastian Envy is my guest on, on this week's episode. I, I, I really like the guy. You're going to have to check this guy out. Um, I, I, I'm going to list all of his um, his social media stuff uh, in, the li- in the link on my website and also uh, in the uh, podcast on iTunes. But really check out uh, his his work because not only is he a pro wrestler, but he's also a director and movie maker, and he's doing some really cool web series. You gotta check that stuff out on torrenfilms.com. I'm just gonna give a quick plug on that. That's torrenfilms.com. T a u r i a n films f i l m s dot com. So Torian, I'm saying it wrong the whole time. Torian Films. T a u r i a n F-I-L-M-S.com, TorianFilms.com, because he's working on two projects, one called Party Girl, and the other one is called Cheer uh, Cheerleader Karate, I'm not saying this wrong, it's Karate, Karate Girl Cheer, am I saying this wrong? Cheerleader, Cheerleader Karate School? Yes, there it is right there, right in front of me, couldn't read it, couldn't read it, I was, I was thinking about it, Cheerleader Karate School, anyway, those are his two products, I think they're fantastic, you gotta check them out. I'll give all the plugs at the very end. So for right now, let's get to the interview with Sebastian Envy. And then afterwards, I'm going to talk to you about some wrestling, Monkey Boy. All right? Enjoy. What's up? What's up? Romeo Falcon here at the DZW Warehouse. I'm recording live-ish. I'm having all kinds of fun with this because all of my buddies are here. All these wrestlers are here. And I'm able to interview so many of them. So I'm actually having a lot of fun with this podcast. Again, it's been on hiatus. But it's back. It's back. It's back. This gentleman I'm sitting down with is so much fun to talk to. I have an absolute blast talking to him. And right now, we have a special guest that's going to come on. The actual owner and proprietor, before we get to my guest, the owner and proprietor of DZW. He's actually throwing an audible at me at a timeout. But what you got, bro? It's a training facility, not a warehouse. Ah, sorry. <laughs> it's not a warehouse. It's a training facility. So he had to throw me out there. It's not the DZW warehouse. It's the DZW training facility. Thank you, Soto. I'm going to get you on the podcast soon because we got to get DZ over, DZW over a little bit more than that. So, <laughs> all right, a little audible there, but that's okay. But we're going to get back to my guest right now. I love this guy. Uh, we've been wrestling each other for, I want to say, three years now off and on. We've never been friends in the ring, but outside the ring, we actually get along quite well. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, Sebastian Envy, born and bred, Washington, D.C. Devil Broncos fan. Rabid for life. That's where it's at. I love this, man. For that reason, we're both Denver Bronco fans. Uh, We only get to see each other once a month when we go to the NTWA show. Uh, And I don't know. we, we, We bonded off of geeky things, number one. You're a big geek, too. Uh, your 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 gimmick isn't a geek at all. Uh, actually, it is now. It, it, you're kinda getting is, that I mean, way. Kind of morphing towards the, the, the strong style nerd. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out kind of where I want to take that and kind of that sort of what I want to add to it as far as like what I come out to the ring with, how I move and work in the ring, and just how people perceive and uh, well, take me. Yeah, so. absolutely. Because um, you're you're tough as nails in the ring. Every time, the funny thing about you is every time we've worked is, and I, we go to these 
these shows and I see you and I on the card and they're like, all right, Romeo, it's going to be you and Sebastian. I go, okay, it's an easy day in the office, but I know I'm going to walk away from this match feeling like I was in a car wreck. And that's the way I feel. And I like that, though. Uh, I, I like the um, intensity you bring to the ring. I like the physicality you bring to the ring because when people watch our matches especially, I, I've watched people's reactions, mm. and when they watch our matches, they're going, ooh, and it's usually because of what you're doing to me. <laughs> Probably. I mean, it's it's. I mean, to be fair, I'm, you know, I'm five foot five. I'm not hard to find, and I try to, you know, I have to do a little bit more because I'm, you know, smaller to get uh, respect from guys in the back, from the the fans who are, you know, I mean, wrestling is supposed to be big, larger than life, big man sort of sure. game. Sure. And there have been other, you know, smaller guys, cruiserweights and stuff that have gotten over for doing various things. I'm just trying to get over, but also not be a carbon copy of like what they are. I'm trying to carve my own path and be my own person. So let's uh, talk about how you carve that own path. Um, let's talk about humble beginnings. I always do this. Um, where, when was your first wrestling experience, pro wrestling experience? Was it WWE? Was it WWF? Where did you, uh, when did you fall God. in love with the business? I, Honestly, I've thought about that, and I really don't even remember. I remember a, a, a buddy of mine used to go to over his house, and he had the old like um, WWF magazines and, and stuff. We used to look at those and, and cut out the, the the wrestlers' pictures and, and stuff like that. But I always gravita gravitated towards um, uh, Demolition as my uh, favorite tag team. Oh, some of my earliest memories of like TV was uh you know like freaking challenge and stuff where they would just go out and squash a couple like jobbers and, and stuff like that I, I loved demolition uh growing up until i met them a year ago at a at a, at a um at a comic-con are they not awesome <sighs> they were not awesome to me well it was you, your breath probably stank that day that's probably what it was <laughs> it, it had to have been that I'm don't water down don't water. i haven't I mean, met him yet i i, I want to meet him at some point in the future don't water I'm, down I'm, I'm me, not, and again i'm not gonna uh, talk about your experience again i respect demolition and this podcast is geeks and wrestling and i love i've had the likes of matt cross on mm -hmm. this podcast i've had uh, lucha underground superstars on this podcast and at that in particular con in houston i saw demolition i'm like okay this is my time to get a nostalgic group on mm. uh, i mean i grew up with you guys i'm a big fan and mm. i walked up to him as humble as can be hey how you doing i'm romeo i have a podcast it's, it's wrestling based and can i please interview you and they looked at me and they're like no nah, kid we're too busy right now and i looked around and I was the only one at their table, and they weren't doing anything but eating a salad. They're both well, they're munching on a salad, and and it's not like they were like I, that. To me, it's like if you're gonna eat, you should do that during your your break, right. you know. So for them to be eating, it looked like they were eating because they were bored. Mm -hmm. And when I went up to them, like, hey guys, can I be on my show? They're like, no, kid, we're too busy. Mm. And I looked around and I saw them with nobody in line. I was like, oh, okay, bye. <laughs> And that was the end of my demolition story. And that really hurt my feelings. And I still have the utmost respect for him. And I hope that one day, even if they hear this, like, please be on my show. <laughs> I'm not shooting on you or burying you. You guys are awesome. Anyway, that's funny. Uh, demolition, though. That's my demolition story. So demolition, how old were you? Uh, and I honestly can't even remember. Middle school, maybe? Younger than that. Younger than like that, elementary. okay. Yeah, no, oh. I got into wrestling like super duper early and just, it was and just. I'm so jealous of you guys that did that. I got into wrestling so early, like, yeah. you know, that's and, awesome. And, uh, I mean, uh, when they had like the first, uh, very first um, figures, uh, wrestling figures that they put out with the little, each one of them had like a little spring-loaded, yes. you know, thing yes. that they did and stuff yes. like that and had terrible articulation and, and, and 
paint jobs and stuff like that, but they all had like the little thing that they did. I had a crap load of those. Of course, I had demolition. I had the original like blue um, ring, toy ring with that. So, I mean, my love of wrestling goes like way, way back. And uh, just always wanted to do it. Um, but because I'm small, I never thought I'd actually be able to. Mm-hmm. I originally thought I was going to be like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, or some you know, reasonably cool height like that. Because you know when you go to the doctor when you're a kid, you get physical and shit. Or yeah. It's your physical. <laughs> and, like, you know, you, the doctor takes your height and he ma- maps it on a little chart. Yeah. And you can follow the little line that says how, where you're going to be. Mine yeah. was, like, 5'8", you know, 5'9". I'm like, cool, that's reasonable. Everybody on my mom's side is short. Everybody on my dad's side is tall. So maybe I'm going to catch a little bit in the middle there. I started to get older, and the little line started to drop a little further and further. <laughs> and then, oh, no. yeah. And then... Um, <laughs> And I just, I just see, stopped growing. I just see a little Sebastian in there looking at this line, looking up at it, going, I'm gonna be big one day. Yeah. <laughs> and it just it just started to drop and then like Oh no. I was like uh, the shortest but I hit puberty first. I was like the shortest kid in my class whose voice had changed and then all the other guys were like five eight, five nines. One kid, I remember Wade Lewis, he was uh <laughs> Wade Lewis out there. He was six <laughs> he was uh six feet tall, sixth grade. But talk like somebody just kicked him in the nuts. Oh no! Like, and, then, hey and I'm just sitting there, you know, <laughs> me tiny as can be, you know, and just, oh uh, god. So I just, I just never thought seriously that I could do it. And then I moved from um, Victoria, Texas, up to Roanoke, Texas, and I worked in Denton for my nine to five. And I just wanted. There's a couple different ways you could take to go to work. Mm-hmm. And instead of taking the interstate, one day I just took like a back road, and I was going up uh, 377 in Denton. I saw this XCW wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, building and I was like, oh! So I started going uh, to the shows and started talking to Knight about uh, possibly training. Just to, I was just like, screw it, you know, if if it works out for me. How cool. old are you at that point? Oh, uh, this was uh, 2009. So that's math. I don't like to do. How old are you right now? 35. 35. Oh nine. I'm not good at math either. I'm I just know. trying to help you out. I just, I'm, I'm not going to get it. Somebody out there can... can <laughs> yeah, they'll tweet me they'll, right they'll now. They'll put it together. They'll go. put it together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you were youngish. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, actually, no. What? 26? 27? Yeah. Something so you like started that. about when the same time I started. Yeah, so like my okay, 20s. So, so like I... I, I refrain um, that. Then. I... I... I um, talked to him about it, and I was just like, screw it, I'm going to do it. If it works out, you know cool if it doesn't i at least gave it a try when i'm old and gray in the rocking chair in the nursing home i'll be able to look back and say that i tried it yeah and uh so i worked it out with him as far as like training goes i started training april of 2009 my first match was for david fuller's ihwe in october of 2010 okay so you had a almost a year under your belt yeah for your for your first match um was it terrible first match no i mean uh i was a lot (laughs) smaller uh than i am now like i'm legit um 175 pounds now um i was like 150 ish then so like my singlet looking back on it fits a little bit differently and and (laughs) stuff and just uh, a little bit more loose yeah and i was just just goofy and i didn't really know i knew what i was doing but at the same time i didn't know kind of how what i was doing it was my first match and i just wanted to go out there and not screw up as best i could yeah yeah i kind of held a lot of uh, i was wound a bit tight (laughs) <laughs> you know that night and uh, i think it showed and it took me a while to like loosen up to kind of get used to being in the rain being in in front of people and stuff and um i think it takes you know all of us kind of a while to, to find our comfort level our comfort zone with it now that i'm comfortable with it after all these years Were i'm you just trying to baby or a heel back then 
baby. I'm You're a small guy, so the easiest, you know, story to tell with wrestling is David versus Goliath. Yeah, you know, of course. And I'm just that's why I like going to places where I don't have to come out and kiss babies and slap hands and get everybody to cheer for me. Because in like my life, like I'm a dick. Like I just am. People, I'm, I walk around with like the dude version of resting bitch face. I hear that a lot, and I do. So I just like to be able to come in, you know, into the ring and just turn that up to, you know, a thousand. Because they say the best character you can be is like finding something about yourself and dialing it up to like, you know, eleven. That's so you dial up being a jerk to a thousand. Yes. Okay. Okay. I guess that's why we get along so well. <laughs> Besides the Denver Broncos. Yes. Um, so that's that's the humble beginning story. But what's fun about you is is that you've got some smarts in there. You're not just a, a five foot five, 175 pound jerk of a wrestler. Uh, <laughs> you've got some smarts in there. Um, what's what I find so interesting about you is when you're not wrestling, what you do on the side. Um, and I remember when you told me you're working on a, like a, a television, not a television, but a, a, a web show, series. a web series, yeah. yeah, called Party Girl. Hmm. And uh, I remember looking into that, and I'm like, wow, this is really creative and interesting. Hmm. Um, it was, you know, I hear Party Girl, and I immediately <laughs> think, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, which is what everybody thought, which is kind of like in hindsight, I was like, well, maybe I should have named it something else I, I really wasn't intrigued at all like mm. name wise mm. you're like oh yeah i work on this thing called party girl and i was like like i said like yeah great mm. yeah you know and that's what i thought and then i looked into it and i'm like holy crap this is really good this mm. is creative this is different um so tell us about that tell us where party girl and how party girl actually evolved into your your recent project like outside of wrestling um some of the other endeavors um that I'm trying to do, uh, one of the big ones is, or the single biggest one, I guess, outside of wrestling is film, uh, filmmaking production. I'm a writer, director, producer of Torian Films, and I've done a handful of short films and web series over the years, one of them being Party Girl. Um, Party Girl started when I was, I started writing that when I was 15, doing Marvel Comics fan fiction of a particular character. Uh, when they did uh, Heroes Were Born and like yes. rebooted the uh, Marvel Universe with uh, Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld. Yep. Um, they redid Bucky as a female, mm-hmm. and I started writing fan fiction of that character. And then the more I started writing her, the more I liked her. So I started stripping away those elements that connected her to the Marvel Universe to make her something original. And that's what became of Party Girl. And I wanted to film something uh, even then, and I didn't have the hardware, the software, the, really the technical know-how to, to get it done. Got older, got to college. My freshman year, I, I tried to film uh, Party Girl. We shot maybe two scenes, and then my lead dropped off the face of the earth. And it kind of torpedoed things. And then just years later, just um, through my 9 to 5 and just other interests were, uh, I picked up a camera and just kind of ran with that. I never had any sort of formal film school training and stuff like that. I know there's two schools of thought. Some people say you should go to film school. Some people say just pick up a camera and just run with it. I took the latter course. Um, so you Kevin Smithed it. Yes. <laughs> and um, and I shot a couple of, of bad <laughs> Super Sentai slash Power Ranger fan films. Oh, my God, they're horrible. Um, Where can those be found? <laughs> uh, nowhere. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Actually, I'll give you the the, the link to the the, the Power Ranger. Please one do idea, because, because it helped me learn yeah. a lot about like what to do, what not to do. There's some specific rules that I didn't kind of know about until I did that one, and they were pointed out to me. So it, it was a it was a learning experience in that regard. So then I took that, got together the cast crew for for Party Girl, and and shot that again. Learned some lessons, what to do, what not to do. Um, and just tried to my best to get it out there to the people because people that see it like it, yeah, kind of like yeah. it. People got likened it when they first saw it to Kick Ass, um, 
but I told him it was kind of like as far as like the homegrown, homemade superhero sort of aspect. And I told him it was more of a kick-ass you can watch with your family because there's not um, super graphic violence. There's not uh, hypersexual content, stuff like that. It's sure. just a girl that's just trying to step out of her, uh, her mother's shadow and just be her own person and find herself. And through that, she finds a mask. And I think it mirrors the journey that a lot of us go through at that time in our lives. And that's kind of the story I wanted to tell. And it ended my lead actress for the second season, who was phenomenal. She went out to L.A., just uh, did a bunch of auditions. She's been on shows on AMC and CMT, and she's doing a whole bunch of stuff. So so I guess when she makes it and she's, like, winning her Oscar. She's I told like, her she's got to give you, like, a, <laughs> I, I told her at least I need, yeah. like, a five-second, like, shout-out in her first. It ain't got to be, like, Oscars when she gets to that level. I, I just want to thank Party Girl talented. for giving me my start. Yeah, yeah, I just want, like, for her first major, like, award, I just want, like, a little shout-out. I think that's awesome. Um, and now you're working on a new project, Pro- Party Girl, as a, and then tell us about your new project. Um, well, Party Girl, I'm kind of dusting off with a, a short film to kind of show uh, it's going to pick up like five years later. It's going to be a little time jump thing. That's, that'll be awesome. I think that'd be cool. she's gone from Party Girl to Rave, and uh, so I'm doing some stuff with that. But the other big uh, project is Cheerleader Karate School, which is uh, a group of five girls using magic and martial arts to save the world from demons. It's cheesy. It's over the top. It's it's kind of just what I do. It's kind of it's the girl power thing. I this know that's that's a lot. You know that's what that's what people like. Or that's the, the the buzzword. The 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 big push now is to put you know women out in the forefront, strong female characters. And I've been writing strong female characters since I was like 15. So I've been in front. This of This is the most interesting thing about you. I remember when we met. Uh, you know, besides you uh, kicking my butt in the ring uh, for eight minutes or 12. Um, and walking back to the back room going, what the hell just happened to me? I remember us talking and you telling me about Party Girl and now, you know, telling me about your new, your new project. And those things I've watched, they're so good. They're so creative. They're so just, to me, they're different. Hmm. And it's something that you can't get anywhere else. And I, I really think, I really dig it. And I hope, I, I'm going to put links on this podcast um, and on the website for everybody to find you and find this uh, your it's, content. I like I like in you know what I'm trying to do as far as filmmaking and, and stuff like that to wrestling where there's uh, I mean wrestlers are a dime a dozen filmmakers indie filmmakers are a dime a dozen and there's so much stuff out there it's easy to do it yourself and put it out there you can put it out on YouTube now Amazon has a deal where you can upload stuff there that people can view on Amazon Prime either for free or you know pay for and stuff like that so there's different ways that people can put themselves out there but millions of people are know that and doing it so you're competing with them against that so it's, it's a grind to get yourself out there and notice to kind of put a big neon you know sign on about your stuff or put a spotlight on yourself it's like the same thing as far as like wrestling goes where you're trying to get out there you're trying to get on shows trying to get in front of people to give you a shot it's it's so hard i mean in this business you're absolutely right there it's so hard to walk into to promotions or, or to a promoter and whether you're five foot five or whether you're six foot even we covered in tattoos and you're like hey i'm a geek and that's my gimmick and mm. i'm really good at my job and, and, and without film without mm. uh and now it, it's more about followers it's more mm-hmm. about media right. how much media do you bring to my promotion right. how many followers do you have on twitter how many facebook fans instagram etc mm-hmm. youtube um, it's, it's just so hard uh, to be able to present yourself like that. I mm-hmm. mean, it used to be just send us a tape, kid. Send right. them a tape, and if they like you, they're good, you're good to go. But nowadays, it's how much how much exposure can you bring my company? Mm. Um, 
So I, I like that um, you have that background in you because I, I feel like that should sell yourself. I think that should be one of your selling factors mm. that you bring to a promotion, whether it be wrestling and now film. Mm. I feel like those are, uh, it's a resume. I mean, know? there's, I awesome. I've done some, like, um, some production uh, stuff for people, most recently for the uh, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame out in Wichita Falls. Nice. And um, that was a good good turnout this past yeah, uh, yeah, year. That was awesome. Mick Foley went in, right? Yes. Yes. That was awesome. And, um, so I've done some stuff for them, so I'm kind of um, glad I did that because I'm trying to make it known to people when I go to shows and stuff like that, if they have TV or if they have stuff they're doing for the web and, and stuff, like, hey, you know, if you got somebody recording your stuff, you can send it to me, you know, I'll cut it for you. You know, I'll produce it, you know, whatever you need. I can do that as well as, you know, work on your show, stuff like I've that. So I'm, trying, I'm just trying to get, like, double paid, you know. I've got this web, this web series idea that's been on my head for years now, and I'm going to talk to you about it. And it's pro wrestling inspired, mm. but it's more of like a uh, how do I how do I say this? Um, it's more like it's more like a geek and a pro wrestler that live in a condo, mm -hmm. and the pro wrestler is he's thirty some years old and he's just still gonna make it, mm -hmm. and he can always has trouble paying rent, mm. and the geek is always the one that's like, dude, seriously. Mm. But yet the geek is always looking up to him because that guy always has like tons of good looking girls coming mm -hmm. in and the geek can't get girls. So they have this like, I hate you, but I love you. <laughs> and the, the, the guy, the wrestler loves him because he always pays the rent. Mm. But, but he doesn't like him because he's not, he hates wrestling. Mm -hmm. So there's this, it's like this buddy comedy. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I've always had this idea. I mean, like odd couple, <laughs> odd couple. I mean, that sounds like, you know, it's, it's just an odd couple type thing. And those are, those archetypes are easy to, to write and, and can get over really well. So, so, I mean, so that's my idea. If you're listening to my podcast, don't take my idea. That's mine. Yeah. It's my idea. Okay. It's copyrighted. Yeah, it's copyrighted, I think. It will Should be. be. Yeah. It will be. <laughs> All right, cool, man. So um, let's get back to wrestling. Um, what are you doing now? Like, uh, And we also talked about the fact that you're a geek, too, and I, th I think that's awesome. Yeah, every time I see you, you're in a badass Power Ranger shirt or Always. That's Marvel comic. and Super Sentai, Power Ranger. That's my jam. Uh, More Super Sentai than... You know the original Japanese program is based off of. I'm working on a freaking uh, Jetman cosplay for uh, the next Power Morphicon out in Pasadena. It's awesome. So I've been to like two of those. I don't think you've been to like one. I haven't been yet. to one yet. I know. I just want to point that out. <laughs> uh, zing! <laughs> I'm gonna go to the next one. How about that? When you, when, uh, I'm gonna go to you. Just you send me the info. I'm gonna go. It should be because uh, this is 2017. It should be because uh, they're two, every two years. Okay. So the next one should be next summer. The next summer we're going. Yeah. My podcast will still be going. I'm going to try to use my press pass, and we're going to get there and go for free. I will be down. We'll try to do that. I'm going to make that happen. I'll carry right? some gear just I'll make to, that get happen. It, to get inside. Awesome. So now let's get back to wrestling. Um, where are you working at now? What's your, what you uh, doing now? What's your focus now? Just getting out there. I'm just being a lot more aggressive as far as like reaching out to people. I've, um, I'm in a better position, I guess, with my 9 to 5 to where I can um, – drive farther because i can put a little bit more gas money in, in my car and i'm not the type i'm not the guy that's like content with kind of just going down the street and working his buddies you know crap show or whatever i want to get out and see places get in front of people get in front of different promoters make contacts and stuff like sell I, some I, merch I man that too i've got shirts coming in the next month and a half i should have two different shirts finally have like an idea of what's going to go on my shirts um, and those are coming very, very soon. Every guy that I, I work with that has a shirt, I wear that shirt. I mm -hmm. mean, and you've kicked my butt plenty. I need one. I need a Sebastian Envy shirt. That way. Oh, yeah. And it should say on the back, kicked his butt. Oh, it's good. It's good. <laughs> on the front, it's going to say, hits harder than Goku. Ah! I love it. 
love it. I love it. Um, I but love it. so I mean, there's NCWA, Pain Springs. I'm trying to do more stuff. You're the champion the, uh, out there. You're the cruiserweight champion. Yes. So you beat me for that belt. Yeah, you know, had to. That's <laughs> what I do. Um, so there's, you know, there's that there. There's uh, the Hall of Fame Wichita Falls. I'm trying to do more stuff with. There's uh, CWF and Rockwall Christian Wrestling Federation. I want to work for them. I love what they do uh, as far as the juxtaposition of uh, ministry and, and and wrestling. Help my brother um, get saved and get back to uh, uh, his faith. So I'll be we're always be eternally grateful for them. We're going to talk because you work for them, right? Yeah. So we're going to talk offline. I, I definitely want to get. Mm. With that. I've, tr- I've reached out to them before, so mm. we'll talk offline. Uh, and then because uh, I did a show, they they're doing a camp Copus in uh, Denton this month, and it's a Christian kids camp. And so like the last thing I did for them, it was like three or four hundred you know screaming seven to twelve year olds it was awesome love and see i love working for kids i mean that's my my gimmick man i love right. uh, being positive for the kids so i've always i've been reaching out to them going hey i'm super positive and you know i i come from faith so let's let's work this out but they so haven't so there's that and then uh native american wrestling and up in chewy oklahoma i went up there i'm going back up there in august and i've made contact with some other oklahoma uh folks so hopefully i'll be there a bit more. I've reached out to uh, New Mexico, to Missouri. Which New Mexico promotion? DWO? Uh, yes. Yep. I worked for them years ago. Great guys. They're great guys. I love those guys. Cool. That's so. good to know. I'm trying to get out there. And then some spots in uh, Alabama, Georgia. I've been trying to get into Tennessee for like three years now, so I'm hoping something will finally open up I think there. me and you need to go to Colorado. We do. I told you, like, whenever I reach yeah. out, I, I hit them. Uh, Primos? Which one? Uh, man, I just, like... Google Pro Wrestling Independent Promotions that broken down by state, and I just like hit them all. I'll tell you what, uh, I'm gonna send a message to Joey uh, out of uh, Joey McDougal. He's mm-hmm. out of Primos. He's my trainer. Uh, that's where I started. I took Chuck there. I have no problem with me and you going. Cool. So that's where we'll work that out. All right. So, well, that's awesome. Uh, what about social media? Where can they get a hold of you? At Envy is better. E N V I. I S B E T T R E R. Envy is better. On. Uh, and then at Sebastian Envy on Instagram, at Torian Films on Instagram as well. Um, but you, I mean, you'll have the links and stuff up. I'll put the links it. up yeah. on the website. So, I mean, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, um, all that stuff. I got fan, you know, pages on uh, Facebook and everything. So it's not hard to find. Like I said, I'm five foot five, but I ain't hard to find <laughs> by any means. <laughs> Man, I, I've been wanting to get you on the podcast for some time now. Like I told Duper on, because uh, he's here as I'm recording all these episodes right now. Um, you know, every time I went to NTWA, I just I, I forget my, my podcasting rig, hmm. and I couldn't do it. Uh, so, I mean, shoot, man, this podcast has been on hiatus, but it was going on before that, and I just I apologize, man. I've been wanting to get yeah, you on every I mean, time. No problem. Like I said, it's just it's another way for uh, for you to get yourself out there, for me to get myself out there. So I appreciate you doing it. Absolutely, man. So I really appreciate you being on the podcast. I really appreciate all the fists you've put in my face and the boots you've put in my ass. Yeah, there's more <laughs> of that to come, I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's a good thing. If you are listening, if you're a promoter, and you're listening to this podcast, Romeo Falcon versus Sebastian Envy is always a good yeah. match. Yes, yes every yes. single time it delivers. All right, man, I really appreciate you being on. Thanks a lot. No problem. I hope you guys like that interview with Sebastian Envy. Now I'm on this website called IndieWrestlers.net. Um, I was trying to show Monkey Boy some footage of uh, Sebastian Envy, and lo and behold, we start seeing these names. Um, and Ronan popped up and technically my name should be after his name. And anyway, Ronan, the rock and roll vampire was my old tag team partner at Denver and uh, a good friend of mine. And it was just kind of funny looking through this, this list of, uh, indie wrestlers and just seeing 
some of my friends. <laughs> so um, that's just funny to me. But um, hey, you know, Sebastian Envy's on there. Hey, Ronan, real quick, if you listen to this podcast, I know you don't, but your uh, official site is no longer available. Just throwing that out there. You should, you know, do something about that. Yep, it's no longer there. Weird. Anyway, um, let's talk about wrestling, if, if we can, for a minute. Man, uh, Monkey Boy, I'm having a lot of fun at wrestling again. That's good. I'm having a lot of fun at wrestling. Uh, right now, I'm only still wrestling for DZW in Houston, which is fine, um, because I'm still wrestling with a whole lot of my friends. Um, and being able to watch myself on TV is fun. And uh, they're YouTube, so if you look up DZW Wrestling on YouTube, they have a great channel. Uh, producing some really good shows they're up to episode three now so you know check that out um i'm just having a lot of fun with dzw i'm still trying to find some local work in austin i know where to look i know how to do it and i know who to contact um i'm not being lazy about it i'm actually just more so concentrating on my crossfit and getting in better shape for the audience in austin because um the audiences in austin are are very picky I don't want to say picky, but um, there, there's, there's a wrestling company by the name of Wrestle Circus. Great company. I'm not gonna say anything bad about them because I can't because they're fantastic. It's a great, great product, and in my opinion, I want to be on that product. And I see the likes of so many great superstars and the shape that those superstars are in. I want to be on that caliber. I'm not going to tell you that I'm out of shape, but I know I can be in better shape is my biggest thing. And just that midsection part is the only thing that holds me back, man. Only thing holding me back. But I'm having an absolute blast at DZW because um, the fans are amazing. The talent there is fantastic. And I'm getting so many great opportunities for the podcast. I'm, I'm interviewing so many good um, friends, talent, superstars. And there's a surprise guest coming up real soon. Um, an ex-WWE or WWF superstar is going to be on this podcast. And I had so much fun interviewing this guy. I'll give you guys a little hint about who that superstar is. Um, let's just say he was on the show and I mentioned something to him. And all he could tell me is it wasn't his fault. Real WWE and WWE fans, sorry, monkey boy, are going to completely get that one because when he was on the show, he had to say it. It wasn't his fault. Leave it at that. Everybody knows. I know, but I'm not going to say his name. It's going to be a fun interview. You guys are going to love it. I had a blast with it, and I gave him a chess club shirt. Cool. So I hope he, and I hope he wears it on social media. I gave him a chess club shirt. He was really nice about it, so... Anyway, um, like I said, I'm having a lot of fun with pro wrestling right now and just being involved in it. And uh, I, I really hope that I can start wrestling more local here in Austin. I, that's my goal. Um, traveling to Houston was great. It's still great. I like. I love the, fr the, the fans and the, and the friends I have out there. It was actually really kind of humbling this past experience uh, in this last trip because being in Katy, um, seeing – the devastation from Harvey and just seeing um, all the trash and debris on the side of the street waiting to get picked up by trash uh, trash companies. It, it was it was a lot to take in, man. That yeah, city got rocked hard. And I was only in Katy. I didn't get to go see yeah, the other I, areas. I heard that the amount of water that landed on in Houston 
was two times what's in the Chesapeake Bay. And that's a lot. Yes. Of water. <laughs> yes. I mean, it was, like I said, it was humbling. It was sad. It was heartbreaking, quite quite frankly, to see the devastation and, and, and what happened to Houston. Uh, I couldn't believe it. And uh, the fact that the fans are still out there and having a good time with us and, you know, uh, big shout out to DZW because uh, there are where we film and wrestle um, that the, that place that venue did not get flooded so they actually utilized that facility to um, gather um, equipment and not equipment but supplies. food and supplies uh, for Harvey victims so I got to give a big shout out to DZW I'm so proud to be working for a company that is giving back to not only Houston, but the suburb of Katy, Texas, in such a big way. Because not only were they giving out supplies, but they are dedicating the DZW shows to those uh, in, in, in the wake of Harvey. And by golly, man, they've still stayed on track with all of their wrestling schedules. And every time we've had a show, we put butts in seats. And these people are loyal to DZW. I can't thank the fans and I can't thank DZW enough for booking this silly guy, Romeo Falcon, and letting me, allowing me to be a part of such a fantastic family and organization. So if you don't know DZW, check them out. You can catch them on YouTube. And you can, if you're local in Houston, we are on TV out there on AT&T Uverse and uh, Xfinity. So, and Dish Network. So anyway, love and wrestling. Having a good time with it. Loving CrossFit. Having a good time with that, too. Um, but, man, what all have we covered? I mean, we covered a lot yeah, at this point. Yeah. I mean, what what do we have left, Monkey Boy? What's next for you? What's next for me? What are we doing besides Wonder Woman? Watching Wonder Woman. Um, well, the next big comic movie is in November. That's Thor. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. yeah. Um, for non-comic movies... Uh, I guess it was last weekend. Why I went and saw it. Ah, yes, yes. Tell the new, me the new it. I, I've heard nothing <clears throat> but good things about it. The first film in the nineties. Nineteen ninety. Yes, when it was a miniseries Is on TV. Mi was it CBS that produced it? I, I don't know. Um, we we rented it after we saw the movie because my wife hadn't seen it and wanted to compare. Spoiler alert! It's a big spider. Sort of. I hated that spider. I mean, at the end of the of the nineteen ninety, where you see the the stop animation spider thing. Yes. It's like this is you know stop animation. That was one of the better things of it. The best thing of the nineteen ninety version was Tim Curry. Oh, was Tim, Tim Curry playing Pennywise. Yeah. Um, the rest of the actors, even though they're good actors, it, it, they, well, they what's did his name was in job. it too? Um, John Ritter. John Ritter. Uh, yeah, John Ritter. The was guy who played. Uh, who was on Night Court as a judge? Yes, yes. Um, that was a good show, right? Very underrated. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't remember the guy's name. He was on like Simon and Simon as like their one of their friends. Hmm. Um, oh. My phone went off. Sorry, um, guys. But yeah, there was the 1990 version. It probably followed the book closer because the the it was originally set in 1958, like the book. Yes. Um, and then went to, like, the late 80s. I guess they were kind of doing modern, like, 89, 90. Mm -hmm. um, and the new movie is set in 88. 
I believe, 88 or 89. I forget what they said at the beginning. Okay. Um, and it's kind of half of the book. Have you ever read the book? I've never read the book. I'm rereading the book right now. I'm only 25% in, and I've read 300-something pages. The book's like 1,100 pages. It's a big book. Yeah, it's a big book. You can use it as a weapon. You've got me on a book, by the way, but anyway, we've already talked about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. the movie that's coming out. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I really like the one. Movie. Yeah. I like I liked it in the one we saw in the theater. It was pretty good. It was. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I liked it. Um, you know, you can nitpick everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, they had a lot of, a lot of creepy parts. And there were a few jump scares, you know, because I think that's what's fun about it. Yeah, I I, I love uh, horror movies. I do. I love horror. Movies. Jamie Lee Curtis coming back to Halloween. Super pumped about it. Anyway, um, but yeah, I, I'm. Is it is it worth seeing in theaters, or is yes. it worth waiting for? Yes, uh, we saw it as a matinee because we like to go early and get sure, it out of the way. Of um, we I probably would have paid like regular price to go see it. Which doesn't seem to be much difference in this day and age. Here's my question too: um, They've already signed on for a sequel. Yes. Did they leave it open for a sequel, or do you think this is one of those movies that if it stopped, it would be better off as just one? They've done half the book. Ah. Is what it is, and so they're doing the other half of the book because the 1991. You remember how they had like the kids yes. in the 50s and then the adults. Yes. It's similar to that. Oh, they, okay. they split it into into kids and adults. Gotcha. Okay, then I like I already like the direction it's going. Yeah, and it's got one of the one of the young actors from Stranger Things is in it. Really? Yeah. I'm so excited for Stranger Things right now. Like the fact that we are in September and I'm only one month, li- <laughs> well, a little over one month away from the Stranger Things. I'm so pumped about the next Stranger Things. I'm so excited because I have yet to watch any of the Defenders. I just haven't done it. I've watched one episode. And I'm like, eh. Defenders was all right. Okay. De- Defenders, I mean, the best thing I thought about Defenders was Jessica Jones. Okay. Um, the way she just, like, had all these snarky comments about the rest of the people on the team ah, were okay. pretty good. Good. Um, I-, I enjoyed Defenders. I enjoyed it more than Iron Fist. That's for sure. Iron Fist, I've, I've, I'm like, I have to watch the last episode, and I'm just hanging on at that point. I'm yeah. hanging. I on. mean, I liked it a little bit better than Luke Cage, but Luke Cage was better than Iron Fist in my opinion. I like Luke Cage a lot. I thought that was a great, yeah. great show. Iron Fist, it's almost like Danny Rand is like super whiny. I can see that. It's like it's like one of his superpowers is whining. I can see that. Uh, the one and, and he, it, that and and being condescending. Okay. You know, it's like it's like, oh well, I'm the immortal Iron Fist, you know, and and you're not, you know, anything. Right. It's kind of it's kind of the way he came off, which, I guess they're trying to do that whole oh he's you know he's a billionaire type of thing, but it's been done. Yeah, I mean it's been done. You know, Bruce Wayne, Tony Stark. Tony Stark. Yeah. Uh, the dude that plays Arrow. Uh, yeah, uh, Oliver Queen. Oliver Queen. Yeah. I was like, come on, and Oliver Queen, and and, and really Oliver Queen and. Danny Rand have way more in common when you think about it. Yeah, they both were green. <laughs> well, that and the whole they went away for years and then they, they came, came back. back. Yeah, yeah. With, with these superpowers. With, yeah, with powers. Yeah. Although um, I'm not sure Green Arrow actually has powers. He's just like really good with a bow. And he's got martial arts skills. Yeah, to an extent. Well, 
I guess they they added that like in the late '80s, early '90s, when like ninjas were everywhere. Oh yeah, the ninja era. Yeah, the ninja era. There was, I forget which, if it was in the Tick or, uh, there was like a samurai book that, Paul the Samurai. Mm. They were done by, uh, the same people who did the Tick. Okay. I can't remember which one it was in, but they had a comic with the you know the title of the story was the Night of the Million Billion Ninjas. Oh gosh. So. I haven't, and you said the Tick. I haven't watched the new Tick series yet. I haven't either. I've heard it's good. I, I've, uh, and see the Tick's television, like the cartoon, it was so ahead of its time, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, there was so much stuff in that cartoon that, that just was not appropriate for kids, in my opinion. Maybe, but it, it it was it was doing that thing that the Warner old Warner Brothers movies used to do. Or comic uh, cartoons used to do. Yeah, you know the ones that they would actually show in theaters, to where they knew adults were there with their kids. They they had the jokes for the kids, and then the jokes for the adults that the kids didn't get. Right. You know, I think it did that. I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, because I missed a lot of things. Now rewatch it, I'm like, ha ha ha. Um, yeah. I, I didn't watch the 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 Fox version of the Tick. Oh man, Patrick Warburton was the Tick. And I thought so too, and that's a, that's the biggest thing is I haven't watched that, but the fact that he was the tick, that to me is like that's perfect. Yeah, that, you can't do any better than that. Yeah, so we'll have to see how this other guy does. The guy who was, I, I believe it's the guy who was in uh, Shaun of the Dead as the roommate. He was also in Spaced. Uh, did a couple episodes of Spaced. Was it? No, yeah, I think it was a couple episodes of Spaced, and I think he was in uh, another British show. I know who I've seen his face and I've yeah. seen him in things, so I, think, I, I know who he I is. I think he actually did the voice of Darth Maul. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, because yeah, right now I'm just playing a lot of catch up on um, Game of Thrones. That's just really... so. Where are you at on Game of Thrones? I am now in season five. Season five. Yes. I can't remember what happened in season five. Um, what's the last thing that happened in, in what you're watching? Okay. Um. Uh, well, I, and I, I'm so bad with names. Like that's the thing. Like because the names are, for some people, like names are like quick. For me, I have to like, and they they say their names so br- weird, like in the show, in my opinion. Like they have accents. They all have accents. Yeah. So anyway, um, basically, I'm right at the beginning of season five, and um, the dwarf, Tyrion. Tyrion. Okay, thank you. Um, Tyrion just killed his dad. Okay. On the toilet. And now, like, Tyrion just got out, and now he's traveling to another place with the eunuch. Okay, so the end of season four was when the mountain fought Oberyn. Yes. Okay. Yes, and that's another thing that I'm wondering how they're going to do, too, because the mountain got his, like, blood drained or something like that. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. And I I really want to know, too, is the hound dead? I'm not going to tell you. I know you're not. But that's, in my opinion, like, that's how season four ended. Like, she ch- chills out, like, walks away from the hound. And the hound just got his butt kicked by the chick knight. Yeah. Brienne. Brienne, yeah. And, which was an awesome fight scene. I'm like, oh, oh, damn, damn. Like, it was good. And then yeah. the hound fell off the cliff, and he's all bruised up. And he's like, kill me, kill me. And she just, like, skips off and walks away from him. So, I'm, at, at, right now... Through all of this, I'm like, where's the hound? Like, where is this man? I, I need confirmation that he's dead, and I, I don't have that. Um, and then, obviously, 
uh, here's my opinion on Jon Snow so far. I, I do have an opinion. I like Jon Snow. I think he's awesome. I I think he's he's too much white meat baby face for me. And the wrestling fans of the show know what I mean by that. Is he's too he's too nice. He's too he's Superman. He's the Superman of Game of Thrones, and he's been that way the whole time. He's uh, you know you get love for his dad, love for his brothers. He's He's the bastard because, you know, out of wedlock, blah, blah, blah. He he completely... What's so funny is that there are people listening to this who are caught up on the show yeah. that are like, holy shit, I can't wait till he gets caught up because <laughs> of all the stuff that's happening with Jon Snow. The end, the end okay. of, of his past season okay. is like a big thing for with Jon Snow. And you're, and you're like, you're like, holy crap. How did this... You know, okay. And I love that because but, you're, you're yeah. right. Because, I mean, everything that's happened so far for me in Game of Thrones, and I've been watching Jon Snow, I'm just like, dude, you're too good. Like, just he's Superman. Everything about him, he, he goes in, in, every right, in every right direction. He, he never wants to make a wrong move, and well, I get it. I mean, yeah, but it's it, that's the way that he was raised by Ned Stark. Because Rob Stark did the same thing. Yes, he did. Rob, but, but, but see, I liked how Rob did things because... They were like, hey, you got to marry this chick. And he's like, nah, man, this chick's hot. I'm going to marry this chick. And he did. And he he owned up to it in the way he's supposed to. But, And that was another thing. In that season, all the weddings that were happening and me knowing everybody talking about the red wedding, every wedding I was like, is this, is this it? One? <laughs> is this the red one? Is this the red one? <laughs> and then finally when it happened, I'm like, oh, okay, I knew it was a red wedding, but that was intense because everybody got killed and when that old dude's like i'll get another wife i was like wow that's cold that was cold yeah i'm having a lot of fun with game of thrones i really am my friend a friend of mine who turned me on to the books years ago um he's like you know read this book i'm like okay and i read like the foreword and i was like eh, i'm not getting into it you know i gave it like two or three tries not to get into it. Finally, after like a couple of months, I got into it, and and I think the book's like three or four hundred pages, and the end of season one, season one follows the first book almost exactly. Okay. The end of season one, like the last episode, and I mean, I don't want to say anything if people haven't seen it. At this point, if you're you need to be doing exactly what I'm doing, logging into HBO Go, and log in with up. somebody that owns HBO. I don't pay for it. <laughs> And just watch. And I, I watch an episode a day on my lunch break because of how close I live to the office. I go home. I, I make a quick sandwich or, or something, some tuna. And I watch an episode and I go back to work so every what day. So what you're getting at is we're beyond the uh, – uh, what do they call that? Towards like, you know, you can't – like after so long you can't do a – you can't charge me for a crime. Statute of limitations. Okay. For spoilers. Okay. Oh yes, yes. We're way beyond that. Like it, so, it's it's beyond that. So I'm reading the book. Okay. And in the last hundred pages is when Ned gets killed. It's like it's like the very end of the book, like the the last episode or two of the of the show. Yeah. Of this first season, and I'm about halfway through the book. You know, two hundred something pages, and my my buddy's like, "Oh, how you like him?" I'm like, "Oh, it's pretty good." You know, he's like, "Oh, has Ned been killed yet?" Oh. I'm like. What? No. He's like, I'm just messing with you. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And now I'm like, you know, of course, it's playing the scene. And I'm like, 
okay, let me just get ready for it. You know, and the, I didn't realize until I watched the show, there was a whole lot of stuff that I remember, I read the books, mm-hmm. um, and then I watched the show, and the first season, it's like, Ned is basically trying to solve a mystery in the first season. Yes. And, and it didn't, it didn't kind of jump out at me in the book. And in the, in the first book, I was like, I don't really like Tyrion that much. But when I watched the show, I'm like, oh, he's actually a much better character. Yeah, and that was my thing about Tyrion, too, is is in the first two seasons, I was like, Tyrion's a, a jerk. Like, he's, he's just a jerk. He has some good one-liners, but he's a jerk. And now I'm in season five, and I'm like, go, Tyrion! Tyrion oh, yeah. power! Like, I'm all about him because, man, he's getting done so dirty. And, you know, I, I absolutely hate you know who I hate. I hate that the chick, the mother of, um, the Joffrey? queen, the queen, Cersei. Yeah, but you know Tyrion's older sister. Yeah, what's her name? Cersei. Cersei. I can never yeah. say that name. Anyway, Cersei. Yeah, I I hate her. With Everybody passion. does. Every and that's her her role is you yeah. gotta hate her. Yeah. Oh um, my gosh. Like actually, the the young actor who played Joffrey. Yeah. Was um, in Batman Begins. Yes. Yes. Um. After game of thrones he quit acting really yes um supposedly george R. R. martin said you know said to him he's like everybody hates you You're, he's he's getting you know death threat fan mail type stuff you know oh uh, he was bad um uh, no he was a good actor no no no. he was a great actor but, he did his role perfectly yeah, but when yeah, he but died that, i clapped i was yeah. at again lunch break eating my sandwich he's choking i'm like yes yes <laughs> when my wife saw that she's like he should have died in a worse way. I thought he, he died fantastic. He, he deserved he deserved to be to, for it to be much more painful than that. I, I thought he died fantastically. It was it, I rewound it. I mean, it was great. In the latest season, you somebody owns up to killing him. Oh, good. Well, I, I thought I mean, they did own up. I thought it was that girl's grandmother. Oh, she 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 is the one who did it because they actually kind of hint at it. Yes, she's talking about the the necklace and you know, but she like. Flat out tells somebody. She told she did the little it. girl. She goes, "Do you really think I would let you she marry told, that she monster?" She tells one of his parents. Oh, is what I'm getting. At. I'm trying okay. not to spoil it. Oh, you. okay, I got what you're saying. All right, oh yeah, <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I, I didn't know he quit acting based on that. that yeah, that's crazy. But I guess you know he he did his role very well. Yeah, yeah. And of course, I mean, he probably was paid enough that he could quit acting. Yes, you're probably right. Because I think the last I heard. Every episode, the uh, budget per episode is ten million dollars. Wow, yeah. So, I mean, right now, I, I mean, I was a big Walking Dead fan. I still am. I like Walking Dead, but I'm sorry, Game of Thrones has come in and just beheaded the Walking Dead. In my opinion, I mean, right now it's like Game of Thrones, Stranger Things, and I really don't know what else I can... I mean, Walking Dead's in there, I guess, but it's like... Well, I mean, also, it, man. the thing about Game of Thrones is that it's on cable. You know, they're, they're getting away with a whole lot of stuff. There's a whole lot of naked in Game of Thrones. There is a lot of naked. You know, Game there's a whole lot of cursing. There's a whole lot of gore. There's a lot of gore. When yeah. when the mountain killed old dude yeah. at the end of season four, I didn't see that coming. I was, again, at my house alone, eating lunch. I'm like, yes! He's going to beat the mountain. And then 
as soon as he got too cocky and he swept the leg, I went, oh, crap. And sure enough, just like an apple just exploding. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, in the book, I was just like, okay, that's kind of like another side story. Because there's so many side stories and subplots that are not in the show. They're in the book. <laughs> I mean, you know, all of these oh books are, are like, you know, eight, nine hundred pages, it seems like. Uh, well, Which this about, could end up about a third of that is George R. R. Martin describing food porn. Oh, okay. He must. I mean, he's a heavy set guy, so I think he likes to eat. Most people like to eat. I love to eat. That's my biggest. Like, I, I, I recently tweeted this, and I'll tell you like this. Um, I would love to have abs, and, and I have a laundry list of reasons why I don't need to have abs. And then it always gets down to the list and go, you're a pro wrestler and you wear stretchy pants. You need to have abs. And that's where I, 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 it gets me every time because it's a look-based profession. But I love cake. I love cake. And I love, I love cake. I love carbs. I love food, man. Like, it's bad. Well, not every wrestler has abs. No, of course not. And my, my cousin made a very valid point. He goes, like, you can do it without abs. And he's right. But um, you make more money if you have the, the quote-unquote ab look. So, anyway, moving on, which yeah. turned into a Game of Thrones episode, so to speak. Yeah. But I'm having an absolute blast with it. Man, I'm so happy I was able to sit down with you and finally get this episode recorded. Uh, I don't know when it's going to be published, so hopefully you hear it very soon because I'm going to go home right now, pack my bag, and then work on this episode and try to have it out this week. Uh, otherwise, I'll be working on it in the hotel. That's yeah. how that'll go down. <laughs> You're probably working on it in the hotel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I do want to thank Sebastian Envy for being on this episode. Don't forget you can follow him on Envy is Better on Twitter. Uh, that's his Twitter. Envy is Better. It's Envy, E-N-V-I. So Envy is Better on Twitter. Uh, Sebastian Envy on Instagram. Uh, you can get a hold of him through Gmail, and it's SebastianEnvy at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget Torian Films. Uh, look them up at Torian Films on Twitter. You can find all that information at torianfilms.com. So do look for Sebastian Envy. Not only is he a damn good wrestler, but he's also a really good filmmaker too, and I think that's really awesome. And he talks about that in our interview, which you just heard. So without further ado, Monkey Boy, I really want to thank you for finally getting with me so that we can do this podcast. Hey, man, I've kind of missed you. Yeah, I know. It's, we haven't seen each other for a while. We really haven't. Yeah. It's been really, really crazy seeing how we're, we work together and yeah. we don't see each other. Yeah. There are some days where I see you and I'm like, I got to talk to him. But I get busy and I know you're busy. And we just we literally walk by each other just like, hey. And yeah. that's the way it is. Um, so if, if I seem to come across a little cold, it's not because I don't like you, buddy. It's because I'm flipping busy. <laughs> it's because you are cold. I'm as cold as ice. <laughs> that was a good song, was it not? Yeah, yeah. I, was the 80s. I thought I was like getting geared up for our podcast. So on the way in, I was actually listening to Iron Maiden, just so you know that. Because, yeah, kind of kind of a thing. Yeah. So anyway, thanks again for listening to Geeks and Wrestling Podcast. I hope we didn't ramble on too much and bore you. But I had a really good time with this episode. I hope you do too. Until next time, keep it geek. Keep it geek life. Hashtag geek life. Follow me on all my social media, RomeoFalcon.com. Monkey Boy, thank you so much. Until next time, see you guys later. I'm <laughs> sorry.